Hello, and welcome back to It's a Very Exciting Time, a podcast by a UFO nerd and his tolerant friend. My name is Scott, and I've been fascinated by the phenomenon my whole life. And my name is Chuck. I'm an aerospace nerd and a tolerant friend. We started this podcast because since 2017, there have been shocking revelations from news of secret Pentagon programs to confirmed Navy videos of astonishing craft. In a nutshell, now that the government has admitted that UFOs are real, <clears throat> or at least that the videos were authentic, <laughs> it raises a natural question. If UFOs are real, what else? Suddenly, some of these other parts of the phenomenon that seemed unlikely are pulled into the realm of the possible. Right? And they may still be unlikely. There's so many explanations for these stories. Even if the truth is more mundane than we're hoping, if any of this turns out to be true, woohoo! It's a very exciting time. Okay, uh... So, Chuck, uh, we've got a little bit of UFO news this week. It, we're still in a weird lull. Okay. Um, it's been yeah. two weeks since we recorded. I skipped last week because I had a weird, dramatic personal week. Mm, um, yeah. But also, there just wasn't a lot of UFO news. Um, there sense. is some UFO news this week. But um, as we're going to talk about, uh, the entire Congress is still on break for the entire month of August. Okay. Um, the Senate will be back the week of Labor Day, and the House won't be back until the week after that. So okay. we've got another two weeks until there's likely to be any like congressionally driven news. So yeah. this is kind of an interstitial, like here's what's been going on. Um, but yeah, uh, we've got a few things this week. Uh, the House gang, Burchett, Luna, and Moskowitz uh, are pushing to get Grush in a skiff. Um I kind of feel like we need to give those guys a nickname. Yeah, by the that, way. that would be cool. I don't know. The, yeah. the house gang doesn't seem quite right, but uh, no, no, it's like the Brady Bunch. If anything, almost. it's too cool for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. These guys are, these guys are dorks. I'm yeah. grateful for the work they're doing. But <laughs> oh man, we we could uh, riff off of the the tri deltas. Um, that What's college, that? The college movie. Oh man, no, I don't remember it. Tri deltas. Google. We need that. Um, that was need an that. SNL sketch, right? Delta, Delta, Delta. Can I help you, help you, help you? Oh, my God. Similar, similar. What was that movie? Okay, I don't know. We'll figure it out in after this. <laughs> in our, our follow-up our audience podcast, is yellow, Scott and Chuck are confused about pop culture. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, we also had a little bit of drama around possible future House oversight clearing, uh, clearings, uh, hearings, or more importantly, how there will not be any future House oversight committee hearings. Okay. Uh, we had a national security spokesman who was given the opportunity to deny Grush's claims and dodged the question entirely oh, instead. Interesting. Um, and... Maybe the biggest news, uh, someone asked the UFO question at uh, this week's Republican presidential debate. Okay, uh, cool. Which was a big deal that the question got asked, yeah. is what I will say. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, I, I can't wait to hear all about it. Yeah. Okay, so diving right in. First thing, we just got a quick update on what's going on with uh, the gang in Congress. Um, the The main thing is they're still pushing forward on all the things they said they would do. And the biggest one is they're trying to get Grush in a skiff. Um, 
I've got a quote here from Representative Luna. She said, quote, as you heard from Grush's testimony, there were some things he could not address in that hearing due to the classification of the information. The excuse the DOD is using for us not being able to get a SCIF, which I'll remind you is Secure Compartmented Information Facility. Also, a quick aside, I said in a previous podcast that SCIFs can just be like a locked room. I was totally wrong. Uh, I've since seen photos of them. They are sh like shipping containers, like Faraday cages, like oh, locked okay. doors, like they're, they're legitimate facilities. And there's often a months long waiting list to get access to them okay. because you are not allowed to review classified information in just any room. You have to be in a secure facility. And that's what these are. So okay. Um, okay. she said the excuse the DOD is using for us not being able to get a skiff is that Grush does not have an active clearance. So unless he has an active clearance, they're saying he cannot divulge information to us, which one, I believe is false, <laughs> and two, supports the point that we're trying to make that the DOD is trying to stonewall us. But the status is as follows. One, we're working on getting him a clearance, and two, we're working on getting access to be allowed to use a skiff. The good thing is that we have multiple lawmakers who have signed on to a letter that Representative Burchett has put forward end quote. Um, so yeah, it, not a whole lot of news there other than just they're continuing to push forward. Um, Burchett and Luna in particular have really been beating this drum that they're getting stonewalled by the mm. DOD. And it's hard to talk about because as we've discussed before, Burchett and Luna are, I would say, a little trigger happy when it mm. comes to accusations of people getting in their way. And we've seen before where they have accused people of doing things to them that later turned out to just be procedural in a way that they didn't understand. Mm, yeah. um, that said, they're not a hundred percent wrong on the stonewalling. And there, there is a solid case to be made that people are throwing up roadblocks around them. Uh, Jeremy Corbell, who is a filmmaker with a podcast that he hosts with, um, what's his name? Um, Oh my God, why can't I think of his name? We're, George Knapp, okay. uh, the, the Las Vegas journalist. Um, gotcha. uh, they've got a podcast together and he spoke about this and he said, quote, Grush has been effectively muzzled this last week by people who are invested in him not being able to talk. And then he goes on to make the point, it's not going to last. Now in the podcast, he gave no context yeah, for this. Yeah. But while I was putting the notes together for this, it became quite clear to me. He's talking about this thing where they've taken away his clearance mm -hmm. and therefore he is unable to testify in a skiff. Yeah. So, okay. Here's my question. Why would he even need a clearance to testify? Wouldn't it be the people hearing him who need the clearance? It's weird, right? Yeah. yeah. I, and I'm, I'm going to try to answer you, but I'm going to repeat our usual disclaimer. I'm an idiot. I don't know anything <laughs> about how the, the yeah. government classifications and security clearances work. Right, yeah. I only know what I read on Reddit, which okay. may be completely wrong. Yeah. But as best I understand, you need a security clearance to even enter a skiff hmm. on the assumption that if you are in a skiff, you could be exposed to classified information. Now, it is ridiculous on its surface that in this case, the information is coming from the witness right. who 
doesn't need a clearance to hear what he himself is saying, but you can understand how this might be a roadblock they're putting up. Um, The other thing to understand is that your clearances are usually sponsored Mm -hmm. and they're usually sponsored by the place you're employed at, whatever government agency employs you. If you're a CIA agent, you get a CIA sponsorship. When Grush left the government, his clearances expired. I have gotten unclear answers regarding whether his clearances expired in a reasonable fashion or whether they were kind of accelerated. A lot of people Mm. are saying like, when you leave, there's five to 10 months where you still have clearances. Oh, interesting. Grush's seem to have expired right away. Is it just that some people's don't and some people's do? Is it that they went out of their way to cancel his clearances as quickly as possible to shut him up? I have no idea. But point being, he has no clearances. He needs someone to sponsor him. Luna appears to be saying that the legislative branch is sponsoring him for a renewal. And that's just a process that takes time. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I did look up a little bit and, you know, websites aren't actually that helpful compared to the reality of experience. But um, but yeah, sponsorship is required to have the clearance at all. Um, and, uh, according to Google's AI, uh, the average time to obtain a top security clearance is 155 days. And Hmm. I don't know if that's correct, but I know a lot of websites contain that exact phrase verbatim. And while I know it's not time for our regular segment called Chuck worries about AI, um, (laughs) I do really hope that it, the AI is getting that from those websites and not the other way around. Uh, Right. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so the whole thing is confusing. We don't know what we're talking about. And as usual with Burchett and Luna, take the things that Mm. they say with a grain of salt. But that said, I don't think that it's an unreasonable read of the situation that Grush left the government. They removed his clearances immediately to make it harder for him to talk about this in an official way. And this kind of gives a little bit of context around Jeremy Corbell saying Grush has been muzzled mm-hmm. by his clearances mm-hmm. being removed. That makes it harder for him to testify, but also emphasizing this is a temporary situation. They can't restrict his clearances forever legally if somebody sponsors him. So people seem to be viewing this as a road bump rather yeah. than a he'll never be able to talk again. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting to think that, uh, presumably they're pretty actively involved in granting who gets a clearance. So Mm -hmm. if someone is talking, uh, if someone is speaking out, um, Mm -hmm. it's interesting that they can kind of revoke that. Um, So I think for me that the interesting part about this is that um, I, I had never thought about that aspect that if you didn't have a clearance, you weren't supposed to acknowledge that you even contain this information. Um, I always kind of assumed that you could still communicate it to people who weren't, who had the right clearance. Not that like you lose your clearance Mm -hmm. and you're not even supposed to talk to them. That seems so crazy. So if I understand it right, he can talk to certain people. So like he can go talk to the ICIG. Oh, okay. But to talk to other people, he needs to be in a cleared facility. There is also a lot of gray area around Mm. here around do Burchett and Luna have the clearances to hear what he has to say, yeah. which 
they're not talking about. They're yeah. talking about the thing that's blocking us is Grush's clearance. Right. But I don't even know, is he allowed to talk to them once he has access to a secure facility? The whole thing yeah. feels like red tape. Yeah. It feels like, because he was able to go before Congress and say, yes, I know that information, but I can't say it in a public setting. That's the kind of thing I would expect mm -hmm. him to say. This whole thing feels like, ah, uh, 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 you can't talk to them yeah. unless you're in the, the red room and you can't yeah. go to the red room unless you have a red key and you can't get a red key until you kill the goblin queen on level three, but you don't have permission to go to level three. <laughs> Princesses in another castle. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We, I, we've done this dance. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, it's so many times. D um, how it makes me wonder if the actual statement was you can't have a skiff unless you have top secret clearance. And Luna was like, mm -hmm. yeah, but he has a clearance, so they must be stonewalling us, but they're actually talking about Luna the whole time. It's so or hard something. to tell, right? Yeah. yeah. And it, they've been very clear. They're talking about Grush, but yeah, I, like I said, oh, okay. I take everything they say with a grain of salt. Yeah. I don't think they're a hundred percent wrong, mm -hmm, <laughs> but mm -hmm. I also, we have seen them misunderstand situations yeah. before. And, so, and I, we you know, can, we can justifiably imagine that the the interests of the DoD are not particularly aligned with uh, yes, these hearings. So exactly. yeah, there's going to be some exactly. friction. Yeah, and I mean we've talked about this a lot with regards to Arrow too, right? Mm. Like there is a lot of work that a governing body can do to comply with the letter of the law in the least compliant way possible, right? Like, yeah. oh, you said that. Arrow has to have a website and it has to have a second in command and it has to report to this guy. Well, we filed the request for the website and no one has approved it. And we're working on mm -hmm. the chain of command thing. And we put out a job listing for the second in command, but nobody is prioritizing any of that stuff. Yeah. So they can go to their boss and say, Hey, we're, we're trying to do what you said, but at the same time, nobody is actually doing it. You end up with this kind of malicious compliance. Zone. Yeah. That's what this feels like to me. That's a good term. Malicious compliance. I like that. Now, the gang is also motivated on a couple of other things uh, that they talked about in the hearing, one of which is they said they wanted to hear from the ICIG themselves. Mm. Uh, they did finally write a letter to him. Uh, they all signed it and said, uh, we want to know which Intel community members, positions, facilities, military bases or other actors are involved with UAP crash retrieval or reverse engineering programs. Okay. And they gave him a deadline to respond, which is sometime in September. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is they sent a request to Speaker of the House McCarthy and House Oversight Chairman Comer to appoint a select committee on UAPs with subpoena power. Hmm. Um, that would be a big deal if it happened. We talked about that before. It would be kind of like a church committee for UFOs. They would be able to summon people in and make them testify. Okay. Um, no response yet on either of those. But again, not surprising given that the entirety of Congress is on vacation for at least another two weeks. <laughs> Summertime and the living's easy. Bradley's on the microphone with Ross and G. There you go. <laughs> you can tell what generation someone's from by what they follow summertime at the living's easy with. Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, next topic, 
Um, it looks like there may be no future UAP hearings coming from the what? House Oversight Committee. Um, so Chris Mellon, uh, former Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense for Intelligence and our beloved UFO daddy, uh, tweeted, sadly, it appears that there is little prospect at this time of future hearings on the UAP issue by the House Oversight Committee. However, the Intelligence and Armed Services Committees remain engaged, and there is far-reaching legislation in the DOD bill that establishes a process for declassifying unprecedented amounts of UAP data. Hmm. Now, when he tweeted this, uh, UFO Twitter got all up in their feelings about it. Uh, they were like, oh my God, this is it. It's started yeah. the stonewalling. Um, a member of the UFO Twitter community by the name of Klaus, I have no idea who this guy is or why <laughs> everyone listens to him. He chimes in on topics. People seem to respect him, but I can't tell you like, oh, he's hmm. so-and-so and he works here. So okay. sorry. Klaus on Twitter said, uh, the House oversight wasn't even involved in the UAP issue until Burchett spearheaded the recent hearing. And even then, it almost fell apart the night before and nearly didn't happen at all. This is disappointing, yes, but it is certainly not the disaster that some are making it out to be. Um, I think that's a really insightful statement, and it matches what I'd been hearing. Before we heard about the House Oversight Committee hearing, um, the thing everyone was excited about was uh, the Senate hearings and the House hearing was exciting and it served a purpose. It got Grush's claims kind of on the broader radar in Washington and moved the discussion forward. But frankly, the people I'm looking for to push this forward in a meaningful way are Senators Gillibrand and Rubio and other members of the Gang of Eight who have directly heard this testimony, who have the clearances to talk to Grush and have the power and reach to be able to push things forward. Everything Burchett does has to run through multiple layers of bureaucracy because they're kind of junior tier on the House totem pole, and they, they just don't have the pull to make things happen. Whereas when Gillibrand and Rubio walk into a room, they've got quite a bit more oomph behind them. And of course, Senator Schumer putting forward his UAP Disclosure Act bill, yeah. <laughs> you know, like... That's where I'm expecting to see movement. Um, and there have been rumblings that we're going to get hearings in the Senate as well. So I'm looking forward to the next few weeks when the Senate comes back, seeing if there's more movement in that direction. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I, I never totally understood why the House Oversight Committee was even was mm -hmm. interested in this. It makes more sense to be Intelligence and Armed Services Committee. So Yeah. Totally. And Ross Goldhart was kind of poo-pooing the House Oversight Committee hearing before it happened. He was like, look, frankly, these people don't have the clearances to hear anything. Mm, mm -hmm. And it was still good. I'm glad it happened. And afterwards, Ross conceded it, it served a purpose. But that's why we got a lot of those. I can't discuss this in a public mm -hmm. setting. I can't tell you this. Like, you yourself don't have the clearance to hear what I'm saying. It's, it's a much muddier situation testifying before the House. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, speaking of Ross Coltart, everyone's favorite Aussie journalist, mm -hmm. um, he had a quote from his podcast. He said, the pushback is happening behind the scenes. 
I am talking to people in Congress who are telling me that the lobbying from the Pentagon and the intelligence community is intense. It is being made very, very clear by very powerful members of the intelligence community, if you like, the gatekeepers to a lot of this information, that they do not want further public hearings. Hmm. Yeah, it makes... I mean, anytime someone's like, no, I don't want to talk about this, like, you have to wonder why. Like, mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of very good reasons. I'm just curious which good reason they're, they're well, picking. It's funny you say that. So a staffer in Representative Burchett's office uh, revealed, leaked, I don't know how you want to talk about this. Okay. We, we heard about it on Twitter, and the source was a staffer in Burchett's office. Okay. Uh revealed that Representative Mike Turner, who is the chairman of the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence, convinced Representative Comer, who is the chairman of the House Oversight Committee, that any more UAP hearings by the House Oversight Committee, quote, would cause serious harm to the reputation of the DOD in the eyes of the public and should be avoided for the foreseeable future, end quote. (laughs) Oh, oh no, this uh, such fragile <laughs> reputation of the DOD. So. <laughs> what would someone think of the DOD's <laughs> reputation? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Now, we have seen Burchett slinging mud before, so I, I would be inclined to dismiss this, except, okay. although we haven't talked about him much on this podcast, this is not the first time that Representative Turner has been weirdly dismissive on this topic. Mm. Um, he uh, was asked about Grush in an interview once, and he gave the weirdest quote. This is after the hearing, I believe. Okay. He said, I always love it when you have someone who comes forward and testifies about things they don't know anything about. I mean, the most striking aspect of all the testimony was repeatedly over and over again. The whistleblowers had to say, actually, I don't have knowledge of this. Somebody else told me that. And I mean, really, this would take thousands and thousands of people for such an unbelievable cover-up to be occurring. And for people to speak with such confidence over something they do not know is certainly something everybody needs to be concerned about. Yeah, I mean... uh... (laughs) Like, let's just ignore the second two whistleblowers who had first-hand <laughs> accounts uh, and right. only focus on Grush. But uh, also, I hate it when people start sentences that way. Uh, it just, it super bugs me. So I'm going to choose to think mm-hmm. that uh, he was completely serious about that. He really does love it, and we should encourage this more. <laughs> yeah, totally. You know, Not to give too much credit to what he was talking about, but I'm just going to remind anybody who's joining us for the first time. We've talked about this before. Um, Grush was an investigator. You could think of him as a DA, right? He's not the guy that was on the scene. He was the guy interviewing witnesses and putting together a big picture of it. He spoke to over 40 witnesses over four years. He went to the intelligence community inspector general who found Grush's claims to be serious and credible. So whenever somebody dismisses Grush, it's like, oh, it's all secondhand. He doesn't actually know anything. Take that with a serious grain of salt. Grush 
does know things. He was not a first-hand witness, but this is literally his job. Right. He was a very high-ranking intelligence community member whose entire job was to assemble intelligence and make sense of it. And here he is coming forward and testifying. In the course of doing my job, I uncovered a real problem. Um, so, yeah. like I said, Representative Turner comes out with this, frankly, kind of baffling and dismissive statement that... Yeah. A is wrong and B kind of makes it clear. He didn't actually listen to anything Grush oh, had yeah. to say or the, the hearing at all. Right. Because right. he would know that there were two other people who were there, uh, mm -hmm. who Absolutely. had firsthand testimony. So, um, liberation times published an article about Mike Turner and mm. how, you know, he's been kind of weird on this whole thing. He's in a position of power to be able to go influence the oversight committee and say no more hearings. Uh, he is the representative from Ohio, specifically in the district that houses the Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, which is at the center of a million UFO stories, including mm. being the base where the UFOs were supposed to be taken after Roswell, things like oh, that. Oh, interesting. Uh, Project Blue Book was run out of Wright-Pat. Okay. Um, so it doesn't mean anything, but it's definitely a little unusual. Like, little oh, suspicious. the the representative from Wright Patterson Air Force Base, right? So, Liberation Times said uh, it has been previously suggested in a media report, which lists his affiliation with defense contractors, that he is a politician who represents quote the unhealthy intersection between Congress and the defense sector. Um, yeah, so the, the article they're talking about, I went and looked it up. It wasn't specifically about Turner. It was talking about Congress people in general who had large donations from defense sector, private industry, intelligence community, people like that, and why we should be concerned about that. And Mike Turner's name was very prominently on that list. Yeah, uh, I also read a little bit on, on that report. And one of the other things they talked about was... Um, holding stock in those things as mm -hmm. well. And, and I've never understood how this isn't shut down by the sec for insider trading. Uh, it seems oh, crazy bullshit. Yeah. It yeah. seems totally crazy that Congress people can be allowed to hold stock in companies that they directly control funding for like that's mm -hmm. insanity. There's a meme that comes up every now and then with uh, President Carter. It's like, you made me sell my peanut farm. <laughs> <laughs> this whole idea of conflict of interest yeah. was taken so seriously at the time that they made the president sell his peanut farm so big peanut couldn't get to yeah, it. Right? Like, you know, like, <laughs> I'm not really sure what the implication there was, but here we can have politicians who are being directly funded by companies yeah. that make missiles yeah. involved in debates around whether or not we should buy more missiles. Like, yeah. yeah, it's a huge problem across the board by and large Congress people really shouldn't be allowed to own stock. It's yeah. completely messed up, but yeah. Yeah. So I've got one more quote on the issue of house oversight committee and Mike Turner in particular. Uh, David Grush himself, uh, our whistleblower, our good, good boy came out and said, quote, I personally briefed the house permanent select committee on intelligence staff director at its time, its general counsels and Congressman Turner's personal staffer 
Congressman Turner has not followed up with me, and based on his public statements, it appears he has not asked for a briefing on my testimony or has failed to ask the intelligence community's inspector general for more information. Oh, damn. That's awesome. <laughs> I... I love that he keeps such good records because we've seen this before with Grush. Like, uh, he knows exactly who he's briefed, when he briefed mm -hmm. them, and it's just so joyous to see him just whip yeah. that book out. Not, not to hammer this point too hard, but there was a little bit of a kerfuffle early on when it looked like maybe people were going to try to make a big deal out of the fact that Grush has autism. Mm. Uh, but this is where you see that come out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know exactly who I spoke to. I know exactly what I said to them. Yeah, that's <laughs> you perfect. You can't pull one over on me. I got the receipts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so up next, we've got a weird moment. Um, so John Kirby, uh, who is the coordinator for strategic communications at the National Security Council in the White House. Um that's a big, long title that basically yeah. means he is the national security spokesman for the White House. Okay. Um, you Thank see you. him at press briefings all the time. Okay. Um, he was asked point blank during a press briefing about Grush's allegations of secret UAP retrieval and reverse engineering and, you know, whether such programs exist and whether the White House believed the public had a right to know. It, it was kind of a big ranging question. Um, and his answer was kind of fascinating. He said, quote, I have no information on that to provide for you today, one way or the other. I would just say what I said last week when I got asked about this. We obviously take the issue of UAP seriously. There is a whole office at the Pentagon that has stood up to analyze the data, collect reports, collate those reports, and forward them appropriately. And that, I think, is testimony of the fact that we know that in some cases, these phenomenon have impacted military training and have then impacted military readiness. Mm. Um, first of all, can we talk about the fact that the national security spokesman is coming out and trying to be like, hey, we've taken UFOs seriously the whole time, y'all. Yeah, right, yeah. I mean, <laughs> You're not fooling anybody, Kirby. Yeah. But that said, let's mm -hmm. let's take about face value. Um, there's two things that I think is interesting here. Uh, one, uh, his line about this affecting military training. That's awesome, seeing an yeah. acknowledgement of that. Uh, but two, I kind of read this as a standard non-answer, and I didn't yeah. think much about it, but it was widely reported in the UFO community as something along the lines of White House dodges an opportunity to flatly deny claims. Sure. And I hadn't really thought about it from that angle that this was a chance for the White House's national security spokesperson asked about secret programs hidden from Congress to say, no such programs exist. We don't know anything right. about it. Arrow doesn't know anything about it. Um, they had just put out the article smearing David Grush. He could have taken an opportunity to take a swipe at David Grush. Well, mm -hmm. I wouldn't take the word of a guy who has PTSD. Right. Like He didn't do any of that. Yeah. He did pivot away from it, mm -hmm. but given an opportunity to deny these programs, he avoided the question entirely. I yeah. think that's pretty interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, I kind of wonder if it goes further than that even. Um, 
because like that statement, these phenomena have impacted military training. That's like, Mm -hmm. that sounds like he's saying that something is happening and it is causing Mm -hmm. real world problems. That feels bigger. Well, at this point, he kind of has to, right? I mean, that is directly what David, David Grush, what Ryan Graves testified to in the House Oversight hearing. He was talking about the Roosevelt incident Mm -hmm. and how the training had to go through this spot and there's a UFO parked in the spot Mm -hmm. and they had to cancel the training. Like, that's one incident. You got to assume there's more. Mm -hmm. So this is a low bar, but just getting an official confirmation, this is UFOs are real. And they have affected our training and military readiness. Yeah. Again, talking about how fast this topic moves a year ago, we would have been talking about that one line for a week straight. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That would have been all we needed to sustain ourselves at a time of drought. Another year. Now it's like, oh yeah. Also Kirby said UFOs are real and they affect training. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Speaking of spokespeople and non-denials, uh, Former White House press secretary, Jen Psaki, was recently asked if she was privy to UFO info, and she had an interesting answer. She said, I will say I had a lot of access to classified information, but there's this thing called need to know. And if you don't need to know, you don't necessarily have access to it. I was not on the alien or UFO portfolio. Yeah. Okay. I mean not the same thing as there is no alien or ufo portfolio but there it is (laughs) exactly right the answer traditionally would have been to laugh to scoff to brush it off there are no aliens well i don't know i wasn't the person in charge of martians you know like make a joke out of it or move on flat denial but this was taking the question on its serious on on its face seriously mm-hmm. um i, I think know. that's great i just thought it was interesting that's yeah another that's the point of spokespeople right like to to speak and to give truth mm-hmm. as as best they can so i think that's great yeah now speaking of laughing it off mm. let's talk about the republican presidential debate <laughs> <laughs> what a segue <laughs> oh man um So, yes, the Republican presidential debate happened recently, and someone got asked a UFO question. Uh, That's a big deal on its face. Unfortunately, the way it went down was kind of awful. The moderator says, excuse me, uh, do you believe that the recent spike in UFO encounters, and she's directing this question at Governor Christie, before she can get any further in the question, he interjects. He's like, I get the UFO question? And then the audience starts laughing. Mm -hmm. So he has, before she's even finished the question, made a joke out of it. Now the audience is laughing. The moderator is clearly uncomfortable. Here is a legitimate question based on recent congressional hearings with pretty big claims and eyewitness encounters Mm -hmm. she now also kind of has to giggle but to her credit she kind of sticks with it and finishes the question she says well we've been hearing a lot of testimony in congress and people are taking this a lot more seriously and we're hearing that there are things going on that people are not aware of so if you were president would you level with the american people about what the government knows about these possible encounters And Governor Christie responds with a smirk. 
you know, I think it's horrible that just because I'm from New Jersey, you asked me about unidentified flying objects and Martians. We're different, but we're not that different. Mm. And then everybody laughs. Yeah. I mean, is Jersey even that different, really? Like, if, I mean, <laughs> New Mexico, sure. Like, that would be interesting. Jersey has an extreme little brother complex yeah, I can with tell. regards to New York. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um so yeah, did he, I don't know, did he say anything after that or just like laugh it off? The only thing he said, because he immediately pivoted, right? He did what you would expect. He he <laughs> used some judo to convert the question in something he did want to talk about, which is right. education. So okay. he managed to pivot to talking about education. But what the angle he took was, I believe the American president's job is to tell people the truth and whether it's about UFOs or about education. And then he was off to the races on mm. the thing he actually wanted to talk about. Okay. Um, so no, not really. Okay. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. Uh, Chris UFO daddy melon tweeted about this. He said he was asked at somewhat of a poor moment and thus produced a fairly uninteresting answer from an otherwise well-spoken candidate. But this shows just how much the public consciousness has been punctured in the last few years. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's a good point. Uh, I will point out this is not the first or even the second time that UFOs have been raised at a presidential debate. Yeah. Uh, it happened as recently as 2007 with Dennis Kucinich, who attempted to give a straight answer, but the audience was not taking it seriously. Mm -hmm. um, and it famously happened before with Carter and Reagan, both of whom had UFO encounters. Hmm. Um, so the topic has come up, but it has never been taken seriously in the context okay. of a presidential debate. Yeah, that makes um, sense. Speaking of Ryan Graves, mm -hmm. uh, former Navy pilot, witness at the UFO hearing, uh, and more relative to this discussion, uh, founder of Americans for Safe Aerospace, an organization dedicated to helping pilots talk about UFOs and you know fight for flight safety. Uh, he tweeted, when is laughter ever an acceptable response to a national security question? Advanced UAP present a clear and present national security problem, and so I invite Governor Christie and any presidential candidate to meet with Navy pilots who have witnessed advanced UAP that exceed our tactical jets. Americans deserve answers and transparency, not jokes about aliens that perpetuate stigma and suppress reporting. Yeah, totally. That is a well-written statement. Um I also, I agree that generally it's shitty to laugh off that question, but not necessarily because it's about national defense even. I think it's shitty to laugh off any question from your constituents. If they're asking, it's because they care about it. Yeah, it, it's frustrating. You know, like I go back and forth on this because on the one hand, I think we have made astonishing strides totally. in the last five years in how seriously people take this. And at the same time, interactions like this really kind of serve to remind you that to a lot of the general public, there's, there's a lot of work to do to destigmatize this topic. We, mm -hmm. we ain't there yet. Um, yep. There is one last point I want to make here, which is nobody else got the UFO question, uh, which to Christie's defense, I will point out, it is a little weird that they only asked one candidate that yeah, question. Right? And yeah, I would like, I get the UFO question, but 
Interestingly, there was another candidate they could have asked who could have given a much more interesting answer. Um, Vivek Ramaswamy, who is another Republican presidential candidate who was there, um, tweeted this several weeks ago before the House Oversight hearing. He said, ahead of the House Oversight Committee's UFO hearing today, I am calling on committee members to publicly ask witnesses the following seven questions. We can handle the truth. And then he proceeded to list seven very well-informed questions. These were not the, are UFOs real? Or has this ever been a flight safety? This was like, where are the bodies? Uh, what programs are housing the reverse engineering? Wow. Like, like he was looking for details and he was asking very well-informed questions. This is a guy who is running for president right now. They asked the UFO question and didn't person. ask the one guy who has spoken about it publicly. Oh man, that's so disappointing. That that would have been really super awesome to hear him answer. Yeah, it could have been could have been very different. Um, I, I think Chris Mellon put it well. It was asked at a poor moment and so it got a bad answer but yeah it's a good question and also we've got more debates to come mm -hmm. and if the senate comes back and does more i don't see this topic going away yeah i hope it doesn't. i can see this being a question asked at future debates of more serious candidates as we get further along the process so mm -hmm. you know fingers crossed we might be we, we might not be done with talking about presidential candidates and UAPs. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, Chuck, that's what I've got for you today. Like I said, it was a little bit of a light week. We had some UFO news, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, Congress is still out of session. Uh, what do you think? I mean, yeah, it's summertime. We didn't expect a huge amount. I, I think it's kind mm -hmm. of amazing. We did get this much. Um, I think at the end of this, it kind of paints this picture of, uh, like the the Intel community really pushing um, and the DoD really pushing to have UAP hearings shut down, or at least that's the kind of like feeling. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really interesting to to observe and and try and understand why they're doing that. Um, mm -hmm. Is it because it's the the House Oversight Committee is the wrong place? It's an inappropriate venue. Or is it because they really don't want to talk about this? And I, I would mm -hmm. like to dig into that. The, the, uh, the spokesperson not taking the, the bait um, and the UAP question at the Republican um, debate, they're also interesting. But to me, I'm much more interested in the, the kind of overall movement of the, the DOD being kind of freaked out. Um, mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm kind of hopeful that that says to me, like, maybe we're getting the right thing, like hitting the right spots. Yeah. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. I agree. Um, Burchett keeps making the statement, like when they start pushing back, that's when you know, you're in the right place. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think that's a hundred percent true in all cases, but yeah. it sure feels right this time. Like, yeah we're pushing forward on the topic and we're seeing the DOD and the intelligence community starting to panic. And if there was nothing to this, I don't think they would be panicking. I don't think they would be lashing out. I don't think yeah. they would be pushing behind the scenes to drop the topic. I think they would be calmly and confidently coming out and saying, you guys, this is bullshit. There's nothing here. Can we please go back to doing our real jobs? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I think we're in a good spot. Um, yeah. Also, 
I wanted to say it was Lambda 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 from Revenge of the Nerds. That's what I was thinking. Oh, the there beginning. it was. Delta 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 was Saturday Night Live. Lambda yeah. Lambda Lambda. Revenge of the Nerds. Yep. There you I go. I haven't watched Revenge of the Nerds I know. ever. We got to do that after this. <laughs> All right. Well, with the Senate out for another week and the House out for two more weeks, unless something dramatic happens, I think our next episode, we're going to talk about some historic info. Um, possibly... Uh, I'm looking at diving into the Magenta Italy UFO crash retrieval yeah. from World War II that Grush talked about. If you don't remember, this is the one where he says that Mussolini's troops captured a downed UFO, kept it through World War II, and then when the fascist regime collapsed, the Vatican reached out to the U.S. and said, Hey, uh, you guys want to come take this thing off our hands? And we did. <laughs> Look at this UFO in the basement. It's really taking up a lot of relic room, you know? Right? <laughs> there's there's some uh, weirdness to this story. So, yeah, uh, unless something dramatic happens, okay. I think next week we're going to get weird with it. <laughs> All right. I love getting weird with it. All right. Well, uh Everybody, thank you so much for joining us here on It's a Very Exciting Time. You can find show notes and more on our website, veryexcitingtime.com, as well as links to our social media accounts. Yeah, and feel free to email us at scott or chuck at veryexcitingtime.com. And if you'd like to support the show, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash veryexcitingtime. And Chuck, as always, my wife thanks you for listening to me talk about UFOs so she doesn't have to.